This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, flying solo today. I want to thank our uh, overriding sponsor, the Rope Trainer. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. And as I always do, I encourage you to check out theropetrainer.com, this wonderful revolutionary product that's going to help save a lot of young arms out there. And it's making a difference. Uh, And that's the special edition that we're doing today as I brought the Rope Trainer on to uh, my show a while back, one of the things that I always do is give give that product an opportunity to really come on and tell a little bit about it. Uh, when I was talking to Earl Perrin, my good friend, uh, we were talking a little bit about the show and what we wanted to do. Uh, you know, we've had the opportunity to speak with John Smoltz before. I talk to Earl all the time. But, you know, as Earl always says, the, the guy behind this thing, um, when you really want to start talking about the medical side of it and how it works and what it does is always a name that some of you may be familiar with, and that's Chris Verna. You've heard me mention him many times on my show. Uh, I'm real excited to bring that on here today, but I do want to remind everybody that the show, as always, is brought to you by The Rope Trainer, and I encourage you to check it out uh, as often as you can at theropetrainer.com. Before we get to Chris and bring him in and talk a little bit more about this wonderful product, I want to remind everybody that you can check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. It's where you'll find the podcast. You can catch up on back episodes, uh, stay in tune with what we're doing. It's also the easiest way to subscribe to the show. You get a little free. It's free. You get a notification every time we do one. You can listen to it at your leisure. With podcasting, you want to listen to it when you want to listen to it, how you want to listen to it, and at your own convenience. That's the beautiful thing. So, again, you can subscribe absolutely free. Uh, social media is one of the things that have definitely has definitely helped us grow the show. Uh, it's going to be the continued driving force. And that is you guys and what you do for us, and we greatly appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. We're asking you to follow us there. You can find us on Facebook. Just type in Youth Baseball Talk. Like our Facebook page. When you see our stuff, if you would share it in an effort to reach all the great families and coaches, umpires, players, anybody that's associated with this great game of baseball, we would greatly appreciate it. Again, that's how the show has grown to where it is, is simply by you guys believing in it and sharing it around for everybody to find. Special thanks again to lineupmedia.fm, the great growing podcast company that we're a part of. It's the fastest growing company on the planet when it comes to podcasting, and we know that if you check them out, you'll find something there that you'll really enjoy. So, again, special thanks to them as well. All right, I want to get right to our show this week because, again, um, this wonderful product that I found when I went to the ABCA a couple years ago and this wonderful gentleman named Earl Perrin, uh, it, you know, when I found it, the first thing I thought was, well, that's kind of like the old towel drill. And then sure enough, I was invited to sit in on a great lecture given by uh, the guest I'm going to bring on here in a minute. Uh, it was it was a great uh, thing to listen to John Smoltz and Chris Verna kind of going back and forth on the, the necessity for it and with the body and the way the body works. And I remember sitting in there in, in my seat and I was watching them do this and I thought to myself, well, okay, this is great, but, you know, if I'm being honest here, why this and not just the good old-fashioned towel drill? And it was like clockwork. They answered my question before I even had a chance to ask them in private. So uh, anytime you get into something this specific or something this serious, and, again, I say it all the time, if John Smoltz is going to take 
his Hall of Fame speech and is going to take 30 seconds, a minute out of it, whatever it was, to address what I think is an epidemic, and that's arm problems, then I'm going to stand up and take notice and I'm going to listen. If Chris Verna is going to get involved with it, I can guarantee you this isn't just some fly-by-night simple Band-Aid fix. This is something that's necessary. It's something that needs to happen. And the main reason for doing the show today is not only has it been a quality product since the get-go, they now have done some real research on it to show exactly what you can get out of it, the hows and the whys. And again, I'm going to follow Earl Perrin's lead on this. And if he says the guy to have on in our whole organization is Chris Verna, that's who I want to have on, and that's who we have on the line right now. So let's welcome in, uh, as I like to call him sometimes, the athletic trainer to the stars, the one, the only Chris Verna. Chris, you there? Yes. How you doing, Jim? How you doing? Um, you know, I wanted to uh, just uh, a little quick hit on you. You know, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day uh, how you kind of got your start within baseball. You started in 1988 right out of college with the Mariners. Uh, and then you did some amazing research that kind of revolutionized how we look at some things. Uh, you've you've done some amazing things, on, not only with baseball. I was just looking at some of the stuff you and I had talked about. You've worked with some amazing football players, Brett Favre, Randy Moss, Antonio Brown. Obviously, some of the baseball guys that we would recognize that you've worked with, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, uh, but you've done some amazing things. But it's the research on the shoulder and then some of the other things that you've done that has led us to the rope trainer that I think our listeners are going to find fascinating. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you've kind of gotten here with some of the research that you've done that we really better start taking notice of? Um, well, with, when I was a, when a trainer, uh, with the Mariners, we, um, as I was observing day in and day out, I said, you know, nobody's running into each other and getting hurt. I said, these guys are just waking up the next day and they're feeling they're having a problem. They come in the training room, we try to figure out what was wrong. And the biggest time that that would happen is when they would go and do their side session in between their starts or when a, or they were just working in the bullpen. And so I kept seeing this over and over again. I said, I got to figure out what's going on here. So I went out saw what they were doing uh, with the pitching coaches. The pitching coaches would start changing their mechanics. And they, the next day they would come in with a problem. So I've, I've learned at a very early age that you can't change your mechanics unless you change your body. And the feel that these guys were having was a negative feel afterwards. So I said, we need to figure out, we need a program that will determine if the guy's going to have a problem or not. So I met with a physical therapist friend of mine in Bethlehem, Gary Schoenberger, and he said, you know what? I think the problems in the throwing is the arm coming forward, not the arm going back. Now, you might not think that's a big deal right now. You say, oh, yeah, that's, that's of course it is. Well, in 1991, when I did the study, the theory was the problems were when your arm was going back and not forward. So we kept stretching everybody externally rotating and cranking their arms back. And we were getting what was, you know, we were getting problems with the front of the labrum and the front of the shoulder stretching too far. And then they had this surgery they came up with called, um, they would, they would actually kind of shrink wrap the front of the shoulder. And that was a disaster. So I came along and said, you know what, let me test everybody's forward motion with our internal rotation. And we found that you were, um, having, you know, the forward motion, it was less than 25 degrees, you were going to have a problem with your shoulder and elbow, regardless of what you were doing. So when the guy would drop his elbow in order to throw the ball, and then he would have a session with the pitching coach, so you need to get your elbow higher, that elbow getting higher was putting him in a weak position. 
So consequently, we come out with a problem. So came up with a plan to actually determine the problems before they happen. And that it took about 15 years to prove that. So now we took that program and the Philadelphia Phillies instituted it. And they said, you know what, this does work. Not only does it work, but it eliminates all of the, all the injuries. We had no surgeries in their organization after going two, three, two years through the program. And they dropped their workman's comp cost by 80%, which is unheard of at the time. And so we needed something that, uh, you know, and the whole time I'm working with John Smoltz as this research is going on through the years. And, you know, the only thing we really had was a towel. So every time we go through the towel, it never really simulated what John needed to do or how he needed to change things. And so when uh, I was introduced to the rope trainer, I said, oh, I'm going to ask John about this. So I took it to John. I said, John, what do you think of this? He goes, oh, this is unbelievable. He says, but, you know, we'd like to – he goes, would it be nice if we could have, like, two ropes on or maybe three ropes? And we were going through everything. So we took it back to Earl and said, Earl, we love this thing, but could you make these changes? And he said, absolutely. So we went and made the changes. So now we had a product that we could actually simulate the mechanics. So, and, and John fell, I mean, John fell in love with it right away. He goes, this is, this, he goes, I love this. I wish I had it. He is being 100% truthful when he talks about that. Well, let me ask you a question. So, you meant, let me ask you real quick, Chris, just for our listeners. Okay. One of the things I get asked most about is they there's different pictures of the rope trainer out there. Some have the three ropes on it. Some want some. what when you went back to him and wanted to add them on there. What is the difference? Like what is that? What what does that mean really when you add the ropes to it? That's a good good question. What it is is you have different age groups and different strength levels. So what we wanted was something where if you had just one rope on it, you weren't getting any resistance. I love the rope because I'm the kind of guy who teaches the body to throw the ball, not the arm. But we didn't have anything that could teach them how to feel that. So when we got the rope trainer, I said, oh, yeah, you can feel your body. But I said, but there's not enough resistance for somebody who's stronger who throws the ball really hard. And when John goes through, he goes, yeah, there's not enough. I need more resistance so I can feel all the muscles. So when we add, we add, you add the, each rope is added until you can feel your body pull the ball through. You don't want to push the ball through. You want to pull it through. So the, the uh, rope trainer is perfect for that because the, the resistance is behind the ball, not in front of the ball. So you have to pull it through in order to correctly throw. And when you're pulling it, you're pulling all those pull muscles needs a certain resistance or else they won't activate. So that's why we needed more resistance so that you'd feel the pull through the ball and not the push. You know, as I the first time I saw it and I was trying to figure out, okay, how would I use this? Like, okay, is it simply for warming up? Is it a training aid? Like it seems like, like I get it. It's I understand what we're doing. So okay, so that's perfect. So it's all of that. So yeah, it encompasses so everything you need to do. So you tell me, like, how do you see this being used by teams, and and how should it be used? Well, you know what, I I, uh, I gave um, uh, half a dozen to Lynn University here in Boca Raton, and I said I want you guys to use this to warm up. I want you to go through fifteen throws with the rope trainer, and then I want you to then just warm up with throwing. 
and we found that guys were reducing the number of practice throws by 30%. So you figure over, if you're playing every day, you know, nine months out of the year, 10 months out of whatever it is, you're dramatically reducing the amount of stress, adverse stress on your shoulder. The other big thing was is that we found when they did the rope training, remember, you have to pull it through. So you have to use your whole body to, to actually go through the routine. So when they picked up the ball, they had to use their whole, they used their whole body to throw the ball. Most guys pick up the ball for the first time and they warm it up. They're just throwing it with their arm. And then eventually they get far enough out, they start using their body. Well, now we got them using their body from the first throw, and when it, which takes more pressure off your arm. So it's a whole healthy uh, syndrome or cycle reversed upward and not downward. Because once you get in a downward cycle with the arm, you know, there's usually an injury occurs before you actually take the time to make the change. We were saying, okay, let's just use this to get the body working correctly from the get-go. Then we said, okay, the pitching coach or somebody would take a look at their mechanics, and they say, look, you know, we really want you to change your arm ankle or, or your body's doing this or that. So instead of them throwing with the ball, they would take the rope trainer and they would go through the motion that they were desiring so they could feel all the muscles work first. And once they can feel the muscles work, then they can go and actually do the throwing. It doesn't matter whether you're a pitcher or a third baseman, shortstop, or outfielder. You can actually go through, if you need to change your mechanics, you can go through it with the rope trainer, get the right feeling, get the right um, biofeedback by the, the rope hitting you in the same spot in your back or hitting the ground at the same spot. That way you go, okay, now I know what I need to do. And, you know, it Basically, most research shows it takes you three weeks to change your mechanics. So here's the thing you could do every day without injuring your shoulder, getting your the correct muscles to work, consequently, you know, making the process better to make the change. Then the third thing was in the bullpen, they could warm up ahead of time. In other words, the coach would say, okay, we got – maybe one or two batters, you know, and they're in a, they might be in a, in a difficult situation with runners on base and all. So he would have them first get on the rope and like being on deck in the bullpen. And then if the next batter would do bad and he really wanted them in, he would then take them from the rope and put them on the mound and have them throw. Consequently, he had dramatically reduced the number of throws he had to do to warm up on the mound. So we then again, reduced, the other thing is, is that if the hitter, if the if the if the pitcher was not in a bad position or recovered, the guy uh, using the rope on deck could sit down without having to get on the mound and get dry humped. So he had this whole system up where the guys would be throwing less, using the rope more, and having better uh, better ability to warm up and come in the game. Well, you and know, the worst thing you do is get dry humped. Is every every bullpen pitcher hates that. Yeah. Um, the other thing was great was, you know, in between a lot of these college, high school, and and everybody, you know, you're playing more than one game in a day, you know, doubleheader, tripleheaders, whatever it is. What we did, instead of throwing, they would use the rope trainer in between the games so they could keep themselves loose, keep their mechanics going, and not have to throw more and get their arm tired. 
You know, as and I, was a different reason. Yeah, and you know, and the thing for me is, as I look at it, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, its usage and how we want to do everything. It, it, sometimes, even the best products, worst products, whatever, we're intrigued because of the people that are behind them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. again, I always say, if John Smoltz is going to talk about this, I'm going to listen. So you guys have this amazing product. Um, you know, I'm familiar with it because it's what I do, right? So I, I, I you know, find out about something, I research, like I go check it out. What, what really intrigued me was when uh, Earl came to me and said, hey, we've had it tested. We did it independently. We didn't have anybody come to us and say, you have to do this. We decided, hey, we really want to be able to tell people it's helping and it's necessary. So you guys actually had that done. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the scientific data behind the RUP trainer now? Right. What we did, we wanted to compare it to the towel drill. And I said, you know, I knew the towel drill wasn't good. And I've said it before in the speech, you heard it. You know, when you pinch the towel between your fingers, you're using the top of your hand, not the intrinsic muscles in your palm of your hand where you would grab a ball. So right off the get-go, you're not using you're not using your arm the same way you would, you know, throwing. So what we did is we tested them going through with the towel drill, and then we tested them with the rope. And we found that with the towel drill you dropped your elbow down with the, the rope, your elbow went higher with the towel drill. There was more of a pressure put on the front of your elbow. Like where you would get the um, Tommy John stress. We found that the towel created more pressure there. And then when we used the rope, we found that that pressure was actually decreased. And the third thing we found is with the towel drill, you had to slow your arm down. If you think about it, your elbow's dropping down. You got pressure on your elbow. Your brain's saying, look, I don't want to put more pressure there. So you have to slow down your arm in order to complete the task. With the rope trainer, we had, you know, the elbow went higher. There was less pressure in the elbow. And consequently, we could accelerate the arm through faster. So it did everything we wanted to do and everything I thought that was wrong with towel drill. It's amazing, uh, you know, because, again, I, I, I'm i sitting there listening to Earl tell me, you know, the reasons, the whys you guys did this. And I was like, you know, did somebody call you out? Did somebody say, hey, we got this or that? And he's like, no, we just wanted to know because we knew we had something here. We wanted to be able to look at people and say, look, we know we have the data. This is the thing. Because, again, I've. You know, I, there's always going to be detractors to everything, right? So, I mean, there's lots of people going, mm-hmm. I don't need this. I can just do the trial drill. And you guys were adamant mm-hmm. like, no, you can't, and here's why. So, that's, you know, it's always good to be informed. And I think that's what you guys have done is you guys have taken something, a great product, and said, okay, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to show you why scientifically from a medical angle why this is important. And, and you think about it, if the, you know, the whole problem with putting pressure on the elbow right now, if you do this every day, then you're training yourself to put pressure on your elbow. And we want to train to be, take the pressure off the elbow so that we don't have as many uh, UCL problems or Tommy John surgeries. You know, uh, a guy like you, uh, I'm sure, sits, uh, whether in his chair, uh, in a seat at a baseball game, if you happen to be at a youth field, and you probably see things every day that make you cringe. Uh, you probably see great things going on that give you hope. There's been some interesting injuries uh, within the game of baseball within just the last 
few months. Some of them avoidable, maybe. Some of them unavoidable. I'm sure uh, Madison Bumgarner, if he stays off a dirt bike, is fine. But, you know, that's a different injury. The ones I'm talking about are the overuse injuries that are happening and they're occurring every day, whether it be on a youth field somewhere or on a major league field, for that matter. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on some of these things and what you're seeing and just any general idea of your opinion on it? Well, you know... um... I saw Matt Harvey when he was first drafted with the New York Mets. I didn't know him from Adam. Only thing I did, I took a look at him and I, and I said, from his muscle structure, I said, you throw the ball hard, don't you? He goes, yeah. And everybody in that room said, oh yeah, he throws hard. And I said, well, you better take care of this. I said, because you don't have the range of motion to be able to throw hard. So fast forward a few years and I see him, uh, you know, I'm going to start the all-star game. So the guy who introduced me to him, call, I called him and said, hey, you know, he's, he's going to be in the office. He goes, yeah, he goes, you said he was going to get hurt. I said, yeah, I guess I was wrong. Well, a month later, he went down. And now he's struggling to come back because they haven't corrected the original problem. And that's what's happening. You look at Chapman in the World Series. The guy's supposed to throw one inning, and that's it. To come in in the ninth, finish the game. You know, bringing him in for two, three innings, I think he went, the one game. You know, I could see the look on John's face during the broadcast. It was like, "How do you? what are you doing to this guy? And I said to John afterwards, I said, you know what? I said, that's going to come back next year. I said, because these guys think that, well, if I just rest in the off season, I'll come back, I'll be fine. What, you, what we're not understanding is that there's a pattern set up. Once the pattern is, is initiated, you have to change the pattern in order to, to change, to be healthy. Rest doesn't change a pattern. I've said this over and over and over again. You cannot just rest a problem away. You have to know how to effectively change that so that it doesn't come back. And the best way it is, is, you know, I'm the one who coined the sleeper stretch. And I use a sleeper stretch. If you get tighter doing the sleeper stretch, if you're not going as far, then you got a problem. And you need to address what that's going on. Is it? And normally I found that the hip joint, the opposite hip joint, affects the opposite shoulder. So if you're a right-handed thrower, your left hip could be locked up, causing the right shoulder to be tight. I, I did it in the talk. I don't know if you remember in the talk. I unlocked John's hip and I unlocked his other college player's hip. And his shoulder immediately became flexible. So, but the problem is, is we're not testing over and over again. I do it on a daily basis. You can do it by just using the sleeper stretch. When we, the program with the Phillies worked because they were constantly reevaluating everybody. They had, they had uh, my friend Phil Donnelly come in and evaluate everybody that they could on a periodic basis. And it eliminates because the player knows, hey, you know, I'm getting off track. I need to get back on track. So... The problems, we're, we're having problems with not under, you know, the old way of thinking, well, if you just, you can rest the problem away, it doesn't work. I've, I've done with, I don't know how many pitchers that I've predicted. that have, I got to the point where I was predicting so many injuries that John told me, stop predicting the injuries. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember him telling me I mean, me the that. most famous, the most famous one was uh, one I won't, I won't really talk about, but I said that the guy was having problems. He's at the top of his game. I said in four years, he was going to get hurt. And four, I walked into John's house the one day, and he looked at me. He goes, "I can't believe it was four years ago. You said he was going to get hurt, and he got hurt." And I said, "I said that's not the problem. The problem is he doesn't know how to get back. 
I said, I don't think he's going to get back. Remember Rob Men, the, the closer for the, the Giants? Absolutely. He was all right-sided, and everybody goes, oh, you know, the, you know, don't try to change him. And I said, this is what's going to happen. I said, when he gets hurt, he's not coming back. And that's what happened. You, you can't, you have to have a balance in the way you're throwing. It's like you said, you know, when I watch a game, I cringe an awful lot. And I know what it takes to change some kids. And the, the thing is, is you first have to remember to change your body. You've got to get in touch with your body. And I started working with a friend of mine's son. And this friend of mine is best of friends with uh, Joe Girardi. And they went out hitting with Joe Girardi's son. And, you know, Joe's kind of correct his own son, his own son. And my buddy says, you know, why don't you correct my kid? He goes, well, your kid doesn't have the problem. <laughs> well, that kid came in and started working out with me, and this kid's got problems. He's got strength issues that he has a great swing, but he has strength issues to go with it. And I said, you know, if you get this right, I said, you're really going to hit with power. And so we just started, and just after two, three workouts, he goes, wow, I can feel the difference. Now, yeah. this is a situation where I don't have to change his mechanics. I just have to get his body right. Well, you have the other side where, you know, his, you know Joe Girardi's son has – some issues probably with his body that he can't, you know, he can't physically do what he's supposed to be doing. It amazes so. me at the body. You know, it, it, we talk about all these different movements and all these different things, but at the end of the day, it is, it's the body, right? And we're talking about some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, one of the things that makes me cringe, Chris, I've, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing I see, I know Jeff Passan wrote a book called The Arm. Um, you know, he addressed a lot of things going on. Um, you know, again, I'm no, I'm not Chris Verna. I'm not a, I'm not an athletic trainer of anywhere near your ilk. I'm not even an athletic trainer. How about that? So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm really a nobody, but at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of things and I can tell you this, the thing that makes me cringe the most, because it happens at every little league field all over the country are these kids that are throwing on back to back days. It makes me <laughs> cringe. I don't understand how I I'm going to go twofold here. Number one, I'm going to start with the tournaments themselves and their rules. Okay. These governing bodies, if you will, that make it so that a kid can go out there and throw three innings one day and three innings the next. I don't have any idea. Somebody's going to have to explain to me how a governing body says that that's okay. Then somebody's got to explain to me how common sense doesn't reign with a coach where he doesn't say this is wrong. I don't under Chris, why is this so hard for people to understand that a 10-11 year old kid can't do something we don't ask the best athletes in the world to do? Why is this? I would have to say greed. Greed, you know, they're so... 10. Nobody's <laughs> getting paid. No, but the ones that are controlling them are. And I think you got this this mentality where you have you have these fathers and coaches that think that their player is the best to begin with. Then they think they're not going to get hurt. And then when they get hurt, it's like everything falls apart. So they're, they're not understanding that it's a long road. It's not a short road. You know, our mentality is it's right now, right now. We have to do it. Now. And we have to win, win, win. And a lot of times they're not understanding that, you know, you know, they may win the battle, but they're losing the war. And, you know, Major League Baseball or professional baseball now is majority Latin players. We don't have the system 
right in the United States here for kids to develop correctly. And it, there's so much pressure put on the kid that they may or may not want. And, um, you know, we're not coming from the kid's point of view. The parents come from their point of view. And I think they have to remember how there was being like a kid and what that's like. And I think they'll understand that, you know, there's a long road to this if you, that's what you want. Because I see, I see a lot of kids just burn out. You know, when I was coaching um, you know, with Little League and stuff, the kids just, you know, they enjoyed it, but they knew they wanted to do something else, you know, and they just, they didn't want to spend the time to be able to do it right. And I got kids coming into my office and I just said, look, you guys need an off season to first off. <laughs> I mean, they want to play, you know, 12 months out of a year. I want to go and play basketball or, you know, go do something else. You know, why is it that so many of these great players are coming from the North and not the South? You know what I mean? Cause down here, everybody, you, if you don't play year round, you're not going to play. So I just think that, you know, people are thinking, well, I'm going to get, they're going to get a scholarship or they're going to get, they're going to sign a major league contract and blah, blah, blah. And in reality, when they're 10 year old, they think that. And by the time they're 18, they realize, it's not going to happen because they've already had Tommy John. They've already had injuries and they can't throw as hard. And they realize that there's a, uh, you know, they're, they're going on a worldwide basis when it comes to uh, getting into professional baseball. Uh, you know, the, the throwing on back-to-back days, the overuse of the body at a young age, I think are all contributing factors. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I don't have any scientific data to back it up. But I can assure you that, you know, I, I think about when I was a kid and how we played unorganized sports and you know the body was moving in different ways and we were doing this and doing that but it wasn't repetitive same exact thing over and over and over and over again every day every day every day no rest no rest no development of any other part of my body i mean that's not how it went on for us now i also understand that the the real issue is is that there are people out there that do it every day and they don't you know they may not have a problem. And I think that's the keeping up with the Joneses. So just because it worked out for this kid that I'm going to do it this way. And, you know, nobody uses common sense anymore. And for me, that's what we've lost is common sense in this whole equation and the chasing of the trophies and the, my kid's got to do this. And if he doesn't do this, he's going to be behind. It just seems like, I tell you what, I thought you put it great. Uh, you know, you might win this battle, but if you eventually lose the war, was it worth it? I, you know, that's a great statement because that's what it feels like to me if you sit at a, at a Little League diamond and watch it every weekend. Yeah, you, you just it's just so many kids are starting out there. And, you know, you think about it, well, you got to throw harder. No matter what position, you got to throw harder. You gotta, so the kid says, okay, what is it going to take for me to throw harder? He starts doing things that are just so bad. They might throw harder for a week or two weeks or a few months. After a while, they're going to come up lame because they're doing some bad things. And we're not training our kids they're not, there's not a fundamental training like, um, with, the with Lynn university, they spend the, the whole first semester, you know, they're playing, but they spend it conditioning. It's all about conditioning, getting things right for the season. And, you know, we just don't do that. I mean, these kids are going to go from one team to the next to the next. There's never a time where they go and they say, okay, I'm going to get stronger and not pick up a ball. I'm just going to get stronger. I'm just going to develop my weaker muscles. You know how many athletes, professional athletes, when I show them where their problems with their body, they 
they get so dejected that they don't want to do it. Wow. So we got to train the kids so that they understand if you got weaknesses there, you got to train those. You got to go after those. You can't, I, I would get excited if I had weaknesses and I was a good player because that means I know I can get better. Right. And I'm working with some of the top athletes and I'm looking at them and saying, you know, this is off here. And they go, really? They're the ones, the superstar athletes go, well, let's take care of it. Let's figure out what do we got to do? Whereas the athlete that, that's not going to make it is the athlete that gets worried and go, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not going to make it as opposed to, wait a minute, we identified what was wrong. I can correct this and I can be better. It's a, it's a, it's amazing how that that's the basic difference between the superstar athlete and the ones that don't make it. They, they get dejected when they see something wrong as opposed to looking at it as a positive and say, okay, I correct this. I'll be better. Uh, you know, one of the most encouraging things to me, um, before we did the interview, you and I were chatting just so I could get caught up on a few things. So I was minorly educated. Um, you know, one of the most encouraging things I heard from you, and I've heard it from Earl too, but, you know, I know that, you know, your relationship with John dates back, you know, a lot, lot longer, not from, a, not, yeah, not from a rope trainer point of view, but just, uh, you know, your job keeping him on the field, you know? So, um, you know, you've been around him and been in both good and bad situations with him, you know, that, that, you know, required you guys to really get after it. But the thing that really encourages me is, is that, you know, you said that, John really believes in this. This isn't something where somebody came to him and said, hey, we're going to pay you to put your name on this or do something. He really believes in this product, and he's out there talking to people about it, showing it to them because he really thinks it can make a difference. And he is genuinely passionate about addressing this problem. No question. I mean, um, he, he's seen it all, you know, and uh, he's had all the injuries, and, you know, he really wishes that he 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 said, I if I really wish I had this when I played. He goes, it would have made such a difference. I could have warmed up. I could have been ready to go. I, I can feel all my muscles working when I'm doing it. And that's why he was so passionate about, hey, can we make these adjustments? Because this would really be great. And um, he generally is upset with the fact that how many injuries are taking place. And, and he would really want to make a difference with it. And this is one part of it. There's other things that we're developing that we, you know, we'll bring on later that we hope, you know, to make the, the rope trainer program with it and all. But he, every time I just gave it to him the other day, I said, Hey, here's one. He goes, Oh man, he goes, I really wish I would have had this. <laughs> I mean, all over again. I was like, <laughs> how many times are you going to say that? He goes, I really wish I would have had this. It would have made a difference. Isn't it amazing to hear a guy that had the success that he had? I mean, you know, he's ultimate. I mean, you talk about a guy that everybody that ever played with him, loves him uh guys that didn't play with him would have loved to have had him on their team guy they want in their foxhole you know he's done it all been part of something major ends up in the hall of fame you know is involved in baseball his whole life and this is what he hangs his hat on because he believes in it it means a lot to me i can tell you that because i think a lot of john i think our listeners do as well um we want to be associated with quality products by the way, I brought other products to him, and he didn't like them, so he didn't even do anything with them. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. This is the first thing he goes. Look, this, this I really, this I really like. We're gonna, you know, let's. He goes, whatever he said, whatever you need, Chris from me. He goes, you just let me know. He goes, I'll, I'll be behind this, whatever you need. So right now he's going around to the to the different major league clubs wherever he because now he works for Major League Baseball Network and he works is the the uh, elite analyst for the Fox um, baseball program and. So he's 
every Saturday he has a game and um and the Friday night the Major League Baseball will have him do the game. So whenever he's around uh, those teams that he's that they're broadcasting, he goes down and shows them and gives them the the rope trainer to try out. No. Wow. So it, I I think you'll hopefully this season you'll start to see it in the bullpens and stuff like that. Well, that's what I said all the time. I mean, for years um, you'd start seeing the Jaeger bands pop up in bullpens all over the world, and uh, mm-hmm. now you're now we're starting to see rope trainers pop up in bullpens <laughs> all over the place. So it's an amazing thing. Right. It's a quality item. Um, I'm proud to have it as, as a part of youth baseball talk. As you know, yes, we're a program about information. We're a program about sharing. Um, and again, we're open to all and every person that that has an opinion and a thought but at the end of the day we're trying to make a difference as well and i know that you guys really believe that you have something here that can help so you know we're going to encourage everybody to check you guys out again you can you can uh you can check out chris verna and all the great things that he's doing john smoltz of course earl Perrin, and all the group at the rope trainer.com get yours today i don't think you'll be sorry uh, again i i've yet to have anybody contact me and say hey We've got one. I don't understand. I don't I don't get it. I have had people contact me beforehand and say, I'm not real sure what I'm supposed to do here. But we've uh, we've answered that question with you guys, because starting with this episode, um, we're going to have the rope report each week. I know a good friend of your guys is uh, Kirk McNabb up with Dirk Bag Nation uh, up from the north is going to be doing a little five minute clip each week in conjunction with you guys and help really taking the time to give people ideas on how to use it, what to do with it. We're going to have some videos and just general information so that we can help get the message out to people that this is something that they need, something they should be doing. And we're going to also educate them a little bit on how to use it. So Chris, I got to tell you, I'm proud to have you guys a part of this. I'm happy with what you're doing. Uh, my, my forum is always open for you or John or Earl or, or, or Kirk. Kirk is every week, of course now, but Anytime you guys feel that you need to come on and address something, this is your forum. We're always happy to have you. That sounds great. You know, and Kirk, Kirk's doing some neat things with it. He's break, he's doing some breakdown type uh, drills with it, and uh, some really good stuff. He has some great videos on that, so he's doing a great job with it. Well, I can't wait to uh, to get him out to all of our uh, youth baseball talk uh, people. As as again, I know they're excited about it, and again, I know they're going to enjoy this episode with you. Uh, really, I mean that, uh, Chris. If you ever feel like, hey, you know, I've saw, I, I've seen something that's driving me crazy, or I got it, you just let me know. I need to come on and address something. And any time, we'd love to have you. And the other thing is, if the feedback comes back and there's some questions, I'll I'll be happy to come back and answer some of the questions if they come back with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and we encourage that mm-hmm. as we do each and every week here at Youth Baseball Talk. Of course, you can email me those questions, Jim at YouthBaseballTalk.com. Of course. You know, Twitter at Podcast Baseball. You can tweet at us. You can do it through Facebook, Youth Baseball Talk. Happy to get those questions answered for you. And if it's something that, you know, I always say that I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to the rope trainer and, and what it really does and, and the medical end of it, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pass all those questions on to you, Chris, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay, no problem. I'll all right. Well, I appreciate you, Chris. Thank all you. Right. That is Thank Chris, you, Jim. No great, problem. Great talking to you. Thank you. That is Chris Verna. And again, as I as I like to describe him sometime, the athletic trainer to the stars is uh again just an amazing group of athletes that he's helped uh prolong their career, stay on the field. You know, sports takes a toll on the body. It takes some amazing people to do some amazing things. You gotta have the athlete, of course, with the talent and the ability. But behind the scenes, I don't think anybody really realizes what's going on when it comes to training these guys. So uh, to have a guy at our disposal like a Chris Verna, I know that Earl and John would tell you that he's 
you know, the most valuable asset that they have in this whole thing, because understanding the body and how it works and what it takes to get it to achieve its maximum potential is, is an amazing, uh, amazing thing if you can do it. And that is exactly what Chris specializes in. So very proud to have him uh, on today with Youth Baseball Talk as we introduce you to uh, the inaugural Rope Report, which will come to you each week. As, again, we mentioned, uh, Kirk McNabb up with Dirtbag Sports. He's going to be bringing you a little snippet each week of uh, the rope trainer, how to use it, what to do with it, ideas, drills, tips. You'll be able to catch those videos at uh, on Youth Baseball Talk. You'll go to the website there and uh, – down to the right a little bit. You're going to click on the videos. You can watch them. Uh, this week, you're going to go on there and click on the uh, the uh, rope trainer, the, the the logo that we have on there, and it'll take you to some pictures that I know Kirk and the gang over there want you to see to get a visual of what's going on. Starting with the next report, there's going to be a video uh, each week that you can kind of follow along with. But I highly encourage you to check it out as I think it's something that you're going to find is a must-need for you. Uh, I I would love to get some feedback. I'm getting some already from people that have heard about it on the show and tried it, and they really enjoy it. Um, let's go now to Kirk McNabb with the inaugural Rope Report, as brought to you by the Rope Trainer and Dirtbag Nation. Take it away, Kirk. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rope Report, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. My name is Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Sports Nation, and I will be your weekly host of the Rope Report. Our goal for the Rope Report is to talk and share videos about all things rope-related, such as why Major League Hall of Famer John Smoltz and 29-year professional trainer to a number of pro athletes, including John Smoltz, Chris Verna, approved the rope trainer 100%. We're going to be talking about how to use the rope trainer properly as an individual or as a team to get warmed up for games, practices, or your daily throwing routine, to feedback from players who've already joined the rope revolution, as well as all you future rope revolution players. We encourage your feedback weekly, whether you are a player, a parent, or a coach on how you're progressing with your rope trainer routine as a player in general or as a pitcher or catcher. That's right. The rope trainer isn't just for pitchers. It's for every player of all ages, and I encourage every one of my dirt bags to have their rope trainer in their bag at all times, just like their helmet, cleats, bat, and so on. The rope trainer truly is your built-in throwing buddy, no matter where you are, because you can practice with it anywhere and at any time. Now, just like John and Chris, I am a true believer, as well as a Rope Revolution member, and I would like to talk about why the rope trainer is a must as a part of your throwing routine. Just like creating the foundation necessary to have proper throwing and pitching mechanics, the rope trainer was designed from the ground up. A big thing for me that gets overlooked when coaching or instructing players on throwing or pitching is learning to understand and feel your entire body in order to help you develop sustainable, repeatable throwing mechanics. The Rope Trainer team has done the data analysis and has included an information card into every Rope Trainer kit. It includes instructions on how to properly use it, warnings of improper use, recommended use based on age, whether you should be using one, two, or three tethers, as well as online resources like instructional videos and user instructions on how to attach and detach the tethers. They thought of everything. When you do proper warm-ups with the rope trainer, it not only warms up your shoulder and arm, but also activates the proper muscles in your forearm and hand to increase consistency, build strength, and improve flexibility 
along with getting your legs and trunk into every throwing motion, ultimately warming up and working your whole body in the process. You're going to gain instant feedback every time you throw in order to learn how to feel if your body is doing the right mechanics throughout your entire throwing motion or not. The rope trainer incorporates its tether system to increase resistance during your entire throwing motion, creating clean arm action on the backside right through to making you extend and follow through properly on the front side. If you're doing it right, you're going to hear the sound of the tethers traveling through the air all the way through to finishing on your back after you've completed a full follow through. It really does help create players. And if you don't already own your rope trainer, you can go to perfectpitchandthrow.com to get yours and begin training like the pros. I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Sports Nation, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening to this week's episode of The Rope Report. Be sure to look at the photos of the Rope Trainer team and what's included with every Rope Trainer purchase that we've left here. And you can find The Rope Trainer on Facebook and Twitter at The Rope Trainer. And you can find me on Twitter at Dirtbag Sports or Facebook and Instagram at Dirtbag Sports Nation. We look forward to next week's episode of The Rope Report because like John Smoltz says, The Rope Trainer is a product that will revolutionize the game. It not only works, but it's the best pitching drill trainer ever created. And I couldn't agree more. And that was the inaugural Rope Report as brought to you by our good friend, Kurt McNabb, Dirtbag Sports Nation, and of course, The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check it out, theropetrainer.com. Another one of our weekly contributors who's so important to this show and has been with me for so long is our good friend, Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv and his training tip of the week. Justin, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. This time of year when I have parents coming in explaining the success and failures of the players on the field, now that we've entered the season for a month or so for the travel ball season, I often get players that tell me that they stopped having the success that they had early out of the gate. And there's a reason why this happens. One, as we get to be playing more games, you've heard me say before that as players play more, they practice less. And all the things that we did to build a swing in the offseason with constant drill work and repetition kind of get thrown to the wayside in lieu of just competing and playing games. So what happens is the body's natural swing pattern starts to come back into effect where the swing pattern we developed through drill work begins to go away. You have to remember that the body will figure out a way to swing the bat and compensate for errors in different ways. Usually in the compensation method, it ends up breaking something else. So most people come in with a natural swing pattern that wouldn't necessarily be a correct swing pattern. So how do we manage those incorrect flaws that we, everybody has in their swing? We do it through drill work. So the longer we get played and the longer we stay away from doing the drill work that was every day in the off season, the quicker those errors become prevalent in our swing once again. So today I'm going to give you three ways that you can put into an everyday drill routine, even before a game, even if you don't even have a team, that can keep those swing flaws dormant and keep your best swing prevalent in your competition setting. This is how it's going to be done. We always want to address tempo and sequencing every time that we get in a drill setting. We find that the most players' swings break down when we have poor tempo, which usually comes from starting late and simply going too fast. 
With that in mind, sequencing goes away. When players go too fast, they have to have good tempo first, or they begin to fire from the upper body and take away the strongest muscles in the swing, which is the lower body, firing there first. And our final of the three drills that we want to do in a very quick, short amount of time is we want to have something that's specific to the player. They all have drills that really feel good for them. We want to incorporate those drills that feel good and manage their swing flaws specific to them and incorporate that into their daily drills, drill set. So we can do this before a game. You can do it at your house before you even leave to the park. You can do it in a hotel parking lot. There's no excuse not find a way to get creative and find a way to spend five to 15 minutes on these three separate drills. So I mentioned a lot of the T drills that we do in EliteBaseball.tv, you don't even need a T to do because it's about body feel. So if I'm doing a feet together drill for, for tempo purposes, I don't even need to hit a baseball to do that. I can feel ground pressure slowing down my forward advance, and I can feel the separation of my upper body against that lower body advance. You can do that in a dry swing and it'd be just as effective. In separation drills, some of these that I like, same feet together drill, our continuous pinch drill, our post stride full rotation, where we're emphasizing starting from the lower body first, all sequencing drills that get that in mind. We want to use ground pressure and we want to use the legs first to start a good swing sequence. And you don't need a tee and you don't even need a baseball to do those as well. A dry setting is just fine if you don't have those things available to you. And finally, choose your own. Find one that you feel incorporates your best swing into your normal drill repertoire and keep it involved every time you go out to the park. And those are the three ways that we can keep that bad swing dormant and keep you with your best swing going into a game setting on a daily basis. This is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv. To find those drills, come search out our drill filter where you can put in your perceived flaw and automatically our favorite three, four, or five best drills will come up for you. And you can see that today, free for 48 hours at EliteBaseball.tv. Until next week, this is Justin Stone, and I'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always. Appreciate you. And of course, everyone over at EliteBaseball.tv. I encourage you, check it out. You will not be disappointed. EliteBaseball.tv. Another guy that I think a lot of, obviously, is Rick Strickland with the St. Louis Pirates. Check him out. It's a great, great athletic trainer, great, great hitting instructor. I really encourage everybody in the St. Louis market to follow up with Rick Strickland. If you're interested in learning a little bit about hitting, he's a great instructor. Um, he's working with so many guys now in the majors and working with so many guys throughout minor league baseball, uh, You know, helping them understand their swing. He's done so much for so many. And we are very fortunate to have him each week on the show for our Ask Rick segment. Let's hear from Rick Strickland now. Hey, Jim. Thanks again for having me on the show again this week to answer some questions from your wonderful audience uh, regarding youth baseball. This week's question is regarding whether or not a young pitcher should throw bullpens in between starts. That's a uh, not a trick question, but it's a question that probably – needs further um, refinement or definement of what we're actually asking about. Um, the reason why I ask that is that usually, usually at youth baseball side, uh, those kids are, you know, before 14 years old, are playing, you know, a lot of games, short games, you know, five, six, four, five, six inning games between uh, in a 48, 
72-hour window in their youth tournament. So uh, with that being said, if the kid, that, that the, the, the person that asked this question, is coming from that age group, we got to be careful at that point in time about uh, throwing what I consider to be bullpens at that point. You don't really know the, the, the size, the strength, the development, the skill level of the athlete being involved from that question. So in a variety of ways, it depends on, you know, which person that we're describing. Now, if we're talking about a high school kid that's actually going to get a start on a Saturday and, and kind of pitch once a week at that point in time, then yes, we definitely should be considering throwing some type of practice bullpens on a uh, weekly basis, um, going through your recovery periods and then getting back on the mound and throwing a little bit off the mound and maybe working on some things and getting yourself into a regular routine to over that eight to ten week summer schedule that you're playing to get yourself prepared to uh, learn how to throw effectively, recover, get your arm ready for the next start, and go back. You kid, on the other hand, that we talked about earlier, we may not know, you know, what the game schedule is, how many times you've been asked to throw in a 48-hour uh, window, and you may say, uh, I'm not agreeing with it or disagreeing with it, but the, 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 the sheer nature of it is that in youth baseball, it happens. You look up one game changer over the weekend, and you'll see a kid is thrown on Friday, we send around and start the championship game on Sunday. In that, that case, I'm very reluctant to have guys throwing bullpens during the middle of the week. Now, does that mean that the kid shouldn't play catch, get his body ready to throw uh, from that perspective? Absolutely not. That's not what we're talking about. We do want that kid to continue to prepare his body, get himself ready uh, uh, by throwing. So rest is uh, not necessarily always a good thing for a kid by not throwing. So hopefully I answered the question to whether or not a youth kid should should throw bullpens during the week? Again, my answer is it depends. Depends on the individual, depends on the age, depends on the maturity, depends on the physicality of the kid. So it's really a case-by-case situation. Thanks, Jim, again, for having me on the show. Look forward to answering questions in the future. Guys, have a nice weekend. Thank you, Rick. Really appreciate the time you take for the show each week. It means a lot to me and all of our listeners. Thanks again to Rick Strickland with St. Louis Pirates Baseball and, of course, all of his friends, uh, over at Blast Motion, the great product that he uses to help everyone analyze and learn a little bit more about their swing. Good show this week. Really enjoyed it. I was happy to uh, to have Chris on. It's been a little while. We've been uh, uh, working on getting him. He's a, he's a busy guy, but uh, I wanted to make sure that we had him for the inaugural rope report uh, with the, tie, the natural tie-in, of course. And ever since... Uh, uh, Earl had let me know that they had had it uh, scientifically tested to prove its worth. Uh, it's meant a lot to me to know that we were going to have Chris on so that he could, you know, eloquently explain it in a way so that everyone could understand it. So I really appreciate all the gang over at the Rope Trainer. Make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. Couldn't do the show without them. Of course, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, and the Hall of Famer, John Smoltz. Uh, youthbaseballtalk.com is where you'll find us. Make sure you check it out at Podcast Baseball on Twitter, and, of course, Facebook. You'll find us as well at Youth Baseball Talk. Highly, highly encourage everyone to give us a look-see there. Follow us. If you're involved in baseball, we're going to follow you back. All we ask is that you share our stuff when you see it in an effort to get it out to all the great people involved in this wonderful game of baseball. For Youth Baseball Talk, this is Jim Cromer. Happy to have you a part of the show, and we will see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. 
Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.